What's up? Welcome back to Stickerbook, a low-effort podcast I made while I'm waiting for my various games to finish downloading. I'm your host, Phoenix. How have you been? That's not something that someone else should be asking you. It's just something you should be asking yourself, right? When was the last time you asked yourself, how am I? It may seem like a stupid question, because of course you know how you are. You feel like shit, right? <laughs> but when was the last time you actually took stock in how you're feeling? Like, organized all the things that are right and wrong with your life onto a piece of paper and said, this is it. You probably haven't done it at all, right? It's not that you have to, and it's not that it necessarily helps. But being aware and taking stock of yourself is very important, I think. And I think we resist this want to understand how we're doing, because we fear that it's too simple. It's not very elegant. But I wonder when it turned into being a bad thing when you're simple. There shouldn't be anything wrong with that. Living a simple existence isn't actually worse than living a complex one. Simple people, they have it easy. They wrote down that piece of paper and said, this is the way to go and they just go, off to the fucking races. They have direction where otherwise they wouldn't have any. And that direction can come from simple-mindedness, it can come from believing in a higher power, it can come from answering to a celebrity, who, who knows, right? But being simple isn't a bad thing. It's okay to be simple. Being complex, on the other hand, it's what we all aspire to be. We all want to be the mysterious figure with multiple layers. We all want to have depth. We don't want to be the cardboard cutout in the PC in every TV show you've ever seen. Because it's shameful to be that. We make fun of those people. Those people are jokes. No, real people have layers, like onions, as Shrek says, right? And if you don't have enough layers, if you don't have enough depth, if you're boring, and that's a bad thing, when did we come up with that mindset? That's so strange. You should feel comfortable in your simple-mindedness. If you don't think about how the earth spins, it's okay to not think about that, you know? All this is, a, it's extrapolating on a deeper thing inside of ourselves. And it's about this feeling of wanting to stand out, be the protagonist of your own story. And the protagonist would not be a simple person, never. The protagonist is always complex, their motivations unknown. Those are the best types the most interesting characters. They do a variety of things, they fuck a variety of people, and they come out the other side with so many stories to tell that they can't even tell them all before they're dead. <laughs> you don't really want to be that, right? Like, sure, they have stories, but what happens when they have nobody to tell those stories to? In their wild rush to be complex and go down this road that leads to nothing, they forget that at the end of the road, what's left is the people that you brought with you. Now, honestly, I didn't even realize or rather, I never even thought of this possibility until I talked to my grandmother a couple of months ago. She's getting to the age where her friends are dying left and right, and that's sad to hear. And there's not many left. The only people who surround her now are the people that she knew as acquaintances, maybe. As you grow older, and you find that your social circles are reducing, smaller and smaller, and it gets more and more difficult to meet people, you really are left with just family and the friends that you made along the way. It's not impossible to make more friends, but it's very difficult to find more family after you dish the one you already have. I don't think many people think about that. Family is disposable. I don't need family, right? I was born with these people, I don't actually like them. And it can feel a bit disrespectful to know that someone only wants you because you share their blood. That's the only reason you're valuable, that's the only reason you're around, that's the only reason they talk to you. Sometimes you might have a one-sided friendship and might not even know it. After all, they come to the family reunion every time, so you can't be that bad. These days, 
with the age of the internet, which I talk about constantly, it's far easier to lose friends and family. Not because of like harsh words or anything, but people drift apart. It's, it's such a strange paradox that we're so interconnected. We've never been so connected before in all of human history, but here we are interconnected and drifting further and further apart from each other. Everybody assumes that everybody else has a life to live when no, we're all losers. We're, we're all doing nothing. We're all doing the same things day in, day out. We're, we're, we're all mundane. Who is over here posturing like they're that complex? Who's over here posturing that they're not living simple lives? It's okay to be simple. It's okay to want to be complex, but at the end of the day, you are who you are. If you're simple, you're simple, and that's okay. If your ambitions are simple, if your thoughts are simple, your mind is simple, your desires are simple, why on earth would you turn yourself up over that? Be simple. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's a connotation with the word simple that um, makes you feel like you're stupid if you're simple, right? No one wants to feel stupid. I understand that. But you need to have some type of security in yourself. And even though you're simple, you have to know, I'm not stupid though. You have to have that feeling. You have to know if you're okay. Writing all the things down that are wrong with you and all the things that are right with you, the things that you like. If your list of things that you don't like is longer than the things you like, you have an issue. You have a problem that needs addressing. And it's time to transform some of these things on the dislike list to the fucking like list. Don't you think? Because it doesn't sound like you're okay. And you know the worst part about all of that is that no one else can do it for you. What a pain in the ass. You're telling me nobody can fix my fucking problems? Nobody can whisk me away on a white horse and make everything okay? I can get sympathy all day long, but I can't get solutions. And you hate to see it. You really do. The way I look at other people's problems is like this. Your problems are a desert island out in the middle of the ocean. And while you can provide us the coordinates for us to travel there via boat or helicopter, at the end of the day, I'm staying on the vehicle. You're the only person who can step foot onto that desert island. If I step on it, I'm, I'm going to sink into the fucking ocean because it's, it's, <laughs> it's immaterial, right? I'll go right through it like a fucking ghost. You're the only person who can step on that desert island. You're the only person who can find out what's going on. You're the only person who can fix this. And I can sit here shouting from the boat the entire time, do X, Y, Z. But it's up to you to execute. It's up to you to know, this is how I do it. It's up to you to know if you're okay. And that's tough. It's tough if you don't know how to do it. Facing your own inner demons is hell. It's never been easy. But we have to realize that the rest of humanity figured out how to do it. At least partially. They figured out how to cope on this blue ball as apes. We, we figured it out. We figured out how to cope. We distract ourselves. But if your dislike list has grown so fucking large that you can no longer cope, you can no longer distract yourself, something has to change. Something has to give. And it's either your psyche is going to give or that list is going to fucking give. Now, I'd rather the list gives. I'd rather you eliminate some of those things that you don't like. I'd rather you take the small steps to at least address them. And that goes a long way. It gets a ball rolling. You don't even have to look at the fucking ball anymore. You turn away after you push it, and it's still rolling down the hill. It's still gathering speed. That's what you want. You want to set yourself in motion in a way that you're too lazy to avoid. If you can't be fucked to run down the fucking hill and grab the ball and push it off to the side, that's great. That's, that's perfect. As long as we set the right angle for the ball to roll, that's what we want to do. Let's do that. That's great. <laughs> Let's be simple. It doesn't have to be complex, just push the fucking ball. We don't have to set up an entire ping-pong machine, right? We don't need to set up an obstacle course, a mini golf course, we, we, we don't need all that. We just push the ball and let it roll.
And all we have to do is push the ball intelligently. And we're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Something that might elude you as you grow into your early 30s, late 40s, is this feeling of a loss of passion. This flame, this spark that you had inside of you when you were young. And it just disappeared somewhere. The mundanities of life overtook you. You started sinking at some point, and you never pulled yourself back up. I can't tell if that's because you had kids. I can't tell if that's because the daily grind of your job has worn you down far too much. But it eats away at you. It eats your soul. It really does. That lack of passion. We have another word that we use pretty often in relation to passion called purpose. But they're not exactly the same thing, right? Passion is that heated internal drive, and purpose is this external feeling of this is where we have to be. It's very similar to destiny, which is another different thing. <laughs> because destiny is out of your hands. So purpose is a passion, but it's not internal. And it's your destiny, but it's something you control. It's your purpose in life. And that purpose doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be something Machiavellian. It doesn't have to be Kafkaesque. It can be simple. And it's okay for your purpose to be simple. It's okay to be okay. I think it's important to have that purpose. The purpose in you having it is the ball rolling down the hill. It brings back the inner drive. It brings back this feeling that you're aware of your destiny. And instead of resigning yourself to it, you're able to use it to your advantage. Instead of a boulder on your back, it becomes a pair of wings that you use to fly. But I think it's a bit, it's, it's a bit hard to recognize that, right? Like, you've been at it for so long, there's no way some whippersnapper is going to be able to come over here and tell you, you should probably live your life differently. No, in truth, everything that you're doing now is a result of what you learned when you were little. Your purpose was taught to you by your parents. I think people underplay this a lot. They undervalue the impact that parents have on you and the person you become. Every little fucking thing about you is influenced in one way or another, directly or indirectly, by your parents and the way they taught you to learn. It's, it's staggering. It's staggering how much of you is made up not of you. You didn't develop you. Your parents developed you. Certain input and stimuli created the person you are here today, and a lot of that started with your parents. As you age, you grow an outer shell, a hardness to the world. A shell that makes it so that you're not moved by the currents of the ocean as easily. But your parents were here before you even got the shell. You better believe they have the most fucking impact on everything about you. Now, some people are a bit soft-shelled, and they don't have that shell, and they're still getting influenced to this day, but I want to talk about the impact of your parents. And the impact is different um, from your father to your mother. There's this thing that I talk about all the time among my friend group called the hand of the father and the burden of the mother. The hand of the father is this destiny, you know? It's this hand that keeps you still and doesn't want you thrashing about. It doesn't want you getting up and flying, but it certainly doesn't want you sinking into the fucking ground either. It wants you to stay still and grow. The hand of the father is this overwhelming influence and partially a pain in the ass that surrounds everything that you are and will ever be. On the other hand, we have the burden of the mother. Her stresses and her love ebb and flow like the fucking tide. And you get it some days, you don't get it other days. And how you deal with that burden or the lack thereof of her love is what drives you into the mold that is the hand of your father these forces work in tandem like your father can pinch his fingers and squeeze your head a little bit 
and your head will become elongated like a fucking rice grain. <laughs> Not exactly a pleasant image, but imagine that. He pinches his fucking fingers and rice grain, that's your head. And your mother gives you X amount of love, and that love is a weight on your rice head that squishes it back down into an orb-like shape. Not exactly a sphere anymore. Um, it would take a little bit more love to push you back down all the way, but it should be a nice balance. A balanced head. <laughs> what a strange analogy. <laughs> as long as you're able to recognize the hand of the father and the burdens of the mother, it really opens up a lot of different doors um, on your psyche that you probably haven't considered before. Think about the way you eat. Do you eat with your mouth open or closed? And if you do eat with your mouth open or closed, why do you think that is? What I hear most often is that people who eat with their mouth open have never been told to close their mouth. They just do it because that's how they eat. They've never been instructed on how to eat, but people who eat with their mouth closed, they do it because they've been told at one point or another, you should probably close your mouth when you chew. And often I hear it's by their parents, usually the mother. And that's part of her love squishing down on your head to turn you back into a sphere as, as much as she can. It's like the hand of the father is an anvil and the burden of the mother is the hammer. Ah, that's better. I like that a lot better. Do you like that a lot better? I like that a lot better. I think that's good. I think you get it. I think you understand. Your parents have a lot of impact over how you grew into the person you are today. Plants that um, have a height barrier on where they can grow tend to grow sideways. You're the same. And it's important to recognize that, I think. Once you're able to see that for what it is, you can address those problems. For example, if your head was squished all the way fucking flat and there was no hand of the father to keep you, you know, standing up, no support for your fucking skull, um, well, now it's up to you to force the sides of your head together to push back up into a fucking sphere. It's up to you to put yourself back together again, because you were missing one of the crucial elements. If it's just the hand of the father and no burden of the mother, then your head, your head turns to an elongated piece of rice, <laughs> skinny like a fucking stick, and it stayed like that. And that's not good. <laughs> that's actually not good. So you have to learn how to develop your own burden of love to push your head back down. To push it back down into a fucking sphere. It's strange, isn't it? The hand of the father requires you to pressure yourself, and the burden of the mother requires you to love yourself. The love pushes down, the pressure pushes in. And you have to know how to balance that, you know? That's what makes you, you. It's how you get to the point where you can finally know you're okay. It's how you solve those issues on your list that are way longer than the things that you like. That's how I feel, anyway. I think looking at it like that is um, what inspired a lot of change in me. Being conscious of that. I think it goes a long way. Today, I wanted to tackle a bit of an unusual subject. Now, this podcast, although I didn't think it had a fucking purpose, it turned into a self-help podcast. I don't know why it turned into this, but that's what it is now. So I, I was just kind of rolling with it. But there's some... Um, there's some movements in the world that kind of have an impact on self-help, and I think I can tie it in in a way that makes sense. Today, I really want to talk about meta. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that doesn't fit at all. <laughs> I get it, I know. But it's like, the idea of a metaverse is something that we're all plenty fucking familiar with. We've all read or seen Player Ready One. What was it, Ready Player One? I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the fucking movie. It wasn't that good, it was mediocre. Right, I'm willing to admit it. It was probably fucking mediocre. Um, we're all familiar with reincarnation stories. We're all familiar with the idea of um, moving your consciousness into a machine. Is our reality the real reality? Are we living um, in a fucking simulation? And whatever that level was in Fallout 3, 
where um your brain gets put into that uh it was tranquility lane or something right i think i got it on the first try tranquility lane i, I think that's it we're all familiar we we we've seen this stuff right We've grown up in a generation where we're hyper-conscious of the metaverse and what that form would look like. We have so much fiction about it, it's, it's kind of like zombies where it's probably not practical for it to happen 100%, but eh, who knows, maybe the cultural consciousness will shut that down and it'll take us by surprise. Who knows, right? But what I feel is that we can almost guarantee that if we did have a metaverse-type scenario, it wouldn't be run by a corporation. These things never do. Um, first of all, it's it's just too fucking difficult. We, we don't have the computing power necessary to simulate an entire world. We don't. Not yet. And I suspect by the time we do, we're probably going to be off in space, right? Like, I, I assume the metaverse is going to be some type of tool that would occupy our minds while we're in cryosleep, transferring to the next planet um, to continue our conquest until the aliens uh, fight back and take us over. <laughs> the metaverse... And what Facebook is trying to do with it, I think we all think it's going to fail. And it's because we grew up on video games that Facebook is trying to emulate. Um, not even VRChat. VRChat is like 2010s, right? 2020s. Fuck that, right? Let's go back to Second Life. Jesus. <laughs> you remember that shit? Man, this this concept is so fucking old that it's it's almost insulting that Facebook thinks that they can do it better. It's almost insulting. It's kind of like NFTs, where we're having a gold rush, and everybody wants to be at the head of it, and they think this is what's going to transform the internet, but I don't think I don't think so. Not not just because the concept itself is lackluster, but because, like I said before, the technologies. Um, Oculus, well, super promising, as well as the Vive and PSVR and um, whatever Valve was making, I already forgot. What was the Valve Index? These things are all super cool pieces of technology. Um, but it's not good enough. If we were ever to get a metaverse, it would require a sword arts online type thing, a nerve gear of sorts. If you don't want to use sword art online, then maybe dot hack. Whatever, whatever series tickles your fancy. Log Horizon, is that good? All right. If you don't know any of those things, whatever. Don't worry about it. Um, the idea is that we need a machine that's able to eliminate all movement from our bodies to make us effectively fucking vegetables and transfer our consciousness while our bodies sit here and rot. That's, that's what I think it would take um, for any type of metaverse to actually work. We can, we can do the thing where like we have an apocalypse on the outside, but there's still electricity somehow, and we can plug in our headsets to um, the generator. No, because that, that wouldn't really work either. That wouldn't work. Because you, you know, you'd still be moving and stuff. Our metaverse would have to take the form of immobilizing your body. Or, even worse, artificial reality. AR where everything turns into projected holograms. That uh, city ruin over there, those collapsed buildings and all the dust, smoke, debris, um, we're just gonna color over that with um, our AR. And everyone's mandatory to wear these contact lenses or maybe some glasses and goggles. Um, and it'll display the world however the manufacturers want you to see the world. That's gonna be a nasty piece of work. A project like this is far too large for any one corporation to take on. And this is, um. A downfall of a lot of these ideas is that they don't really think about the manpower that it would take for this to happen. You can train an AI, but an AI can only do so much. Um, and God forbid the AI does something you didn't want. Our AI are in their infancy, and by the time they're actually complicated enough to do something on the scale of an entire fucking metaverse all by themselves, 
I don't think my grandchildren are going to be alive anymore, right? I, I think that's hundreds of years away. Like, technology advances fast, but artificial intelligence? I'm skeptical. The reason I bring up the metaverse at all is because that's obviously going to have an influence on the, all, the already bad state of relationships we're in now, right? I think if the internet has shown us anything, it's shown us that we're actually pretty fucking fragile. We're actually pretty fragile creatures. And when not guided or herded into certain communities or events, um, we tend to float around aimlessly. I assume none of you go to church. That's okay, I don't, I don't really go to church anymore either. But something that I appreciate from my time when I did go to church is this feeling of community that we really do not fucking have anymore. It's not like church itself is fucking interesting, it's not like you have to like the pastor, but the community of church, the people that you meet at church every fucking week, like ritual, like clockwork, um, the retreats and trips you take, you all do that communally, together. And that's special, you know? It creates some very special moments. And that's something that's already missing now. God forbid what happens when the metaverse comes along. Are you going to have VR church? No, 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 no. I think um, if you are someone who's struggling with any type of social dilemma, where you find that you can't really meet anybody, go to church. Sure, you can go hang out at a fucking anime club or something, but you really want to talk with those weirdos? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think you do. I don't think you like them that much. And I highly doubt they like you either. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, right? I, sh I think you should go to church. As strange and as ironic as it might sound, church solves so many different issues that it's, it's kind of weird to say, oh no, church isn't for me. For, for our modern, everyday connections, for, for the way that we interact with the world today, we need church. You don't need God, you need church. If not church, then some type of community event that you can go to every week consistently. You know, it's, it's about being able to keep it up. Um, and it's, metaverse church is not going to be like real church, you know? <laughs> it's, it's going to be a bit of a fucking struggle. The last thing I really want to um, talk on today, because the metaverse thing was super out of place, I, I realize that. But I um I wanted to bring it back to the self-help, I guess, with um work ethic. Our culture um, and everyone around you has told you that as long as you work hard, you will succeed. All right, good things come to those who work for it. I guess you could also attach this some type of um karma system, right? If you do good things, you be a good person, um, good things will come back to you. A boomerang effect of sorts. And in general, you could um, you could associate it like this, but correlation isn't causation, you know? The truth is, here in America anyway, um, if you work hard, and you, you really put your fucking time in, you put your feet to the pavement, and you do your dirt every single fucking day, um, you still might not come out the other side any better than you were before you went in. And that's something that bothered me a lot. Um, it bothers me that we've always been told that just do the right thing and you'll be rewarded. Like, be a good person and you'll get good things. Like, it, it, it's, all, it's all bullshit, surprisingly. Um, nice guys finish last, and that's the truth. It's so fucking weird, but that, that is the truth. Um, being the good guy in the story doesn't actually guarantee or even give you a better chance over being the bad guy in the story. In fact, being the bad guy and exhibiting the traits that come along with being the bad person, the villain, um, you get more rewards. The reality of hard work is that nobody cares about how hard you worked. Um, it's about if you worked smart. It's about if it's, um, it's about if you exploited the resources that are around you to get to your current position, and if you exploit them correctly. It's, it's different to abuse the resources. Exploiting resources is different. Exploited means that 
you use up the resources, but in a way that would not cause any type of detrimental damage to you later on down the line. That's smart usage. Abusing your resources is something like, you use it, but then it comes back to fucking bite you, like maybe in one year, maybe in ten years. Um, and it comes back to bite you pretty fucking hard, in a way that maybe you didn't expect. So now we're sitting here playing this game of villains, about who's the harder worker, who's the smarter worker, and if you're a smarter worker, um, how smart are you? How Machiavellian do you have to be before you can get to this point where you can work smart, basically do nothing, and still come out the other side a success? That's sad. That's sad to hear. That's sad to see. It shouldn't be like that, but that's how it is. Our, um, the way our society is just working right now, it just seems to be that we're unable to contend with the idea that to get ahead you have to cheat, lie, and steal. And this is why I'm really someone who harps on the idea of living a simple existence. You don't need to be complex. You don't need to play this game of schemes against the world in order to get whatever that you want. You should be able to achieve it through your own simple, straightforward means. You shouldn't feel that you have to be complex. You shouldn't feel that you have to have layers upon layers that make you into the villain who's working smart. I think just being aware is enough. As long as you are aware of the reality in which you live and how you traverse that reality, I think you can come out the other side still a whole person, a healthy whole person, and not beaten, battered, and bruised, and down bad as fuck. That's so much more important. It's so much more important to enjoy your life and the time that you spend here, rather than sitting here in turmoil for 50 fucking years and then only enjoying your golden years at the end of it all. Fuck that. No, that's terrible. That's a terrible fucking thing. Enjoy yourself right here, right now, okay? And the best way to do it is enjoy yourself in a way that older you will not be upset about. Enjoy yourself right now in a way that when you're older, you won't be able to sit here and say, damn, I wish I did all this when I was younger. All right, that's what older generations were saying. We don't have to do that. Not us. And that's, I, I think that's, I like to think that's not arrogant speaking. I like to think that it's just because of the state of the world right now. We're just in a better position to do that. This entire scenario comes about because of our parents and grandparents. They tell us this because when they were young, um, where else were they going to go? What else were they going to do? They were going to go nowhere and do nothing. You're stuck with that factory job and you're going to work it for 50 years because we're a family company. Right? You're going to lose your fucking hand in the planer and you're going to deal with that. Um, we're not going to give you severance pay. You're going to sit here and deal with that or you're going to lose your job and your entire family is going to be fucked because you're the breadwinner. We have so many more options, the world is so much more open to us, and these shady dealings that go on in the shadows, we're able to avoid them, because we're aware of them. Like I said, it's, it's, it's so important to be aware, as long as you're aware, you can do so much, you have so much potential, there's so much access that you have. And since we're aware, we should use that knowledge in a way that benefits us the most. Not in a complex manner, you can use it in a simple manner. I think you can get ahead by doing whatever dirt that you're doing. And it's fine. It's okay to not work hard, basically is what I'm saying. And that sounds super controversial, doesn't it? Because all your life you've been told you have to work hard. Work, working hard is a virtue. It's a good thing. It's a beneficial trait. Everybody wants a hard worker. Working hard is working stupid. And I think that while it's okay to be simple, it's probably not so okay to be stupid, right? Like, I, I think you should strive for your own happiness. And your own happiness shouldn't come at the cost of having to work your ass off for basically nothing. Working your ass off because it's the right thing to do. Fuck that. Fuck doing the right thing. 
do the thing that works for you the best. I think my download just finished. So recently I picked up Lost Ark. This is another game where I played it in a foreign region. Um, this time I played it in Russia. And it finally released over here in North America. Um, fantastic fucking game. It really is. It's, it's a great MMO. And it makes me feel a little bit guilty that I've been um, not playing as much Final Fantasy XIV as I used to. Like, I have thousands of hours of Final Fantasy, but... I don't know. Like, I, I reached this final mission in Stormblood, and I just haven't picked it back up. And I, I don't know what's what's stopping me. I, I think it's because every time I get back on, I realize that I, I forgot how to tank. And I'm a, I'm a warrior main, so... <laughs> It's kind of important that I know what the fuck I'm doing, because I'm leading the party from point A to point B. Um, I hear the dungeons have gotten easier, so maybe that's not really necessary, but I get this, like, anxiety about it all. I don't, I don't know what the fuck is up with that. Um, like, if you ever played, like, League of Legends or something, and you try doing ranked matches, it's similar to that, like, ranked anxiety. But I, I get that super fucking heavy in Final Fantasy every time I log back on, like, I feel lost. I don't remember how to play my warrior, um, to the great effectiveness I had. I used to be able to do six Felclays, I don't... I don't know if I can still do that. I go out into the field and I kill one monster and I'm like, oh man, I have to do that? <laughs> and I look at my other classes, they're all like level 50 something, I'm like, I don't remember how to play them either. It's, it's, it's very difficult to get back when you left. Like Final Fantasy is my home, make no fucking mistake, that still is my favorite MMO of all time, but damn, it's, it's hard to go back to it. But I, I'm enjoying Lost Ark. Um, right now, I'm about to help a friend who is unable to bear the thought of gathering Makoko seats. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of that shit. I like doing little Easter eggs and Easter eggs hunts and treasure map hunts and shit, so it's fine for me, I guess. But anyway, um, that's been another episode of Sticker Book. I've been your host, Phoenix, and um, I'll talk to you soon, alright?